we're going to start a new series. And I, I'm kind of, I like this. I, I like the idea of, of we, we need to, words are important. Words are really, really important. And we need to be very clear with the words that we use. And we need to be very careful that the words we use, we don't attribute it to the Bible if it's not there. So if we are spouting things that are really inconsistent with Scripture, we need to go back and examine, um, does this really what the Bible says? And what I'm going to talk about this morning is everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And I'm going to look at Deuteronomy uh, 30, 15 through 20, and I'll read that in a minute. But uh, when we say everything happens for a reason, um, the implication is that everything happens because God wills it, because it's God's plan. And this can be difficult to reconcile with a belief in a God who is, who is uh, infinitely good. And so this new series, believe it or not, is uh, going to address some of these things. There's some common phrases shared among Christians. They sound biblical. You know, uh, money is the root of all evil, right? You, you, you've said it. I've said it. How many? Okay, show of hands. I want to see how many fibbers we've got in here. Who has said, get that hand up, girl, because Matt's told on you. Who has ever said, money is the root of all evil? Oh, don't be putting your theological hat on. Yeah, everybody has said that, right? But what's Scripture say? The love of money is the root of all evil. See, money in itself isn't bad. I let thieves steal it all the time. Um, But these phrases, this everything happens for a reason, and there's some variations to this, like... Uh, it was the will of God. Bad things happen and we appease our emotions by discounting it and saying, well, is, is, it was, must be the will of God. Or it was meant to be. Or this was part of God's plan. Or it must have been their time. Um, as we begin to give some thought to these things, let's, let's look at Scripture. Everything has happens for a reason. Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20. Now listen today, and Moses is talking here. Listen today. L- now listen. Today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. So, listen. Today I'm giving you a what? Choice. Or as they say out east and up in Chicago, a church. The choice, I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster, for I command you this day to love the Lord your God, to keep His commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in His ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you are about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen... And if you're drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you, now that you will certainly be destroyed. You are not living a long, good life in the land you're crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today I've given you a choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. 
Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make, and all that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you'll live long in the land of the Lord, swore to get in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're going to come back to this passage in a bit. But I want to think about what's meant and implied by this statement, everything happens for a reason. What's the message that comes across through that phrase? Well, I want to throw out something here that life's full of choices. You know, you're good, Matt. Uh, This is just an aside so I can brag on my brother. Uh, He said, John, don't, don't clutter my thinking with all the stuff that you send me. Just, just give me the text and, and I'll, I'll do my creative juices on it. And he, that's him. And th- I couldn't, that's not you? That's her? Rosie did it. <laughs> okay, but, but life is full of choices. You know, left, right, or even go straight ahead. Think about it this way. What or how would you feel if you'd just been through a really rough time and someone says to you, in the, good, in, you know, in the spirit of goodwill, they're not, they're not trying to be uh, mean or put you in your place, but they, they're wanting to comfort you, and they comfort you by saying, well, Brother John, everything has, happens for a reason. Well, here's the problem. The problem is whatever is happening is the will of God, and it's part of God's plan. That's the problem. Most of you have heard, and I'm going to talk about this a long time because I don't lose $500 easily. <laughs> My pocket gets picked. I made some choices independent of God's plan for my life. Let me tell you. So, in my wallet, oh, it's downstairs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I chose to carry cash instead of getting traveler's checks. Had I got traveler's checks, would have been taken care of. I chose to put my wallet in my back pocket, not my front pocket. I chose to not have Sarita carry the money or at least divide it. She had the passports, fortunately, because I, when I lost my wallet, I was not, I was not me anymore. I was, I was just that guy over there. I chose to disregard everything I knew about the people on the Chicago Transit Authority's trains that are just, just preying on dumb old men. <laughs> and, and I knew better. Or was it just meant to be when a two-year-old in a shopping cart pulls his, his, opens his mother's purse and his mother has a pistol in there and he thinks it's a toy, and he pulls the trigger, and he kills his mom in the store. Was it just meant to be? Or it must have been her time. And you begin to see how difficult it is to believe in a God who's good, but who at the same time wills so much of these things to be bad if that people are holding on to that, to that thought. 
these two ideas, they, they just don't fit together. Let's look at some of the problems behind everything happens for a reason. And, and we need to acknowledge the truth here. If everything happens for a reason, then the reason is that it was the plan of God and the problem is that it completely removes human responsibility from the equation. We have a responsibility to act as God would have us act, use our brains, common sense, and when bad things happen, we can't always be blaming God for it because of our own failure to live out in a way that's, that's going to be uh, smart. The person who was, uh, who, uh, a guy, okay, a guy cheats on his wife, and he gets caught, and he explains, well, that was just the will of God. <laughs> Or the person who is texting and driving and causes a wreck and someone's killed. Well, must have been their time. And so not only are we free from responsibility, now we're blaming God for the outcome. God certainly does not have in his plan that a man cheats on his wife. That, that kind of thinking is absolutely ridiculous. And think about how such thinking would affect decisions in our lives. If we're going to die anyway, what's the use of exercising and dieting? You know, we're going we're gonna to kick, so who cares? If, if it's God's will that we get cancer, then why go to the doctors and get medical treatment? What's the point? We're going to die anyway. If God already had planned KU to lose the NCAA basketball championship... Why should they practice? Looking at that game, they didn't. But that's another story. <laughs> Christians believe that God is sovereign, but what does that mean, friends? What does the sovereignty of God mean? And I think there's two extreme views of God's sovereignty. One's called fatalism, and the other's called deism. Let me unpack those for you. Fatalism says that God, he's like, he's like this, this clockmaker. And he makes this intricate clock that it's, it's almost perpetually in motion. And, and as, as such, he, he then is involved in, in every intricate detail with creation. And yet, he walks away without any kind of... With his, his, with his plan, there's, there's the outcome has already been determined. So there's nothing that we can do to influence the outcome of God. Everything that God does, it's already been determined before the foundation of the world, so it doesn't make any difference what we do. That's fatalism. Deism says that God set in creation, set creation in motion and then stepped away from everything without any of his influence or interference. He just lets the thing called life wind down until he's ready to take us home. It's pretty easy to see the problems with these two views, and we already know the problem with deism and the idea that God is not involved with creation. God became intimately involved with creation when he, when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, not just to die for our sins, but to live among us, setting an example. Jesus did some incredible things, didn't he? I mean, think about this. The miracles that he performed, absolutely astounding, raising people from the dead. 
I've never seen it happen. I really don't think I want to. But, but Jesus was able to do that. Walking on water, feeding 5,000 men, and there were women and children that were also able to eat with that in, that in that story. So he healed the sick, he forgave sins, and died for us on the cross. God's not involved in his creation? That's nonsense. That's not something that an absentee landlord would do. <laughs> he wouldn't just walk away from it. He wouldn't, just, he wouldn't be involved with, with this thing. He's, he's very much involved in the details of life. Fatalism is, is the other extreme. It completely removes us from the equation. And, and there's comfort in believing that God is in control of everything. There's comfort in that. But, but in the extreme, it removes all possibility of free will on our part. We, can't, we, don't, we no longer choose. And it was God's will that all the things, that the, the uncomfortable things, the bad, bad, if you want to call it that, happened. Now, you know, there's a good part the, of, of this whole uh, wallet thing. I got the wallet back. I got uh, an expired tele card back. <laughs> I got my business cards back. And then slowly things began to trickle in from the post office. Uh, I got my driver's license back after I paid $27 to get a new one that I was going to have to renew in two years. But that's, that's okay. Now I got two driver's licenses. Got my concealed carry license back. Got my Medicare license or, uh, <laughs> card back. They didn't give me back my Friends of the Zoo card. That really kind of gripes me. But, uh, you know, I'm starting to get these things back. And that's neat to see how God is, is, is interested in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow you to see the error of your ways, my son, but I'm going to take care of you. And he did. I don't want my opportunity to choose to be taken away from me by God. You know, you remember the story that when God, uh, or the account, not a story, when God created Adam and Eve, he instructed them to fill the earth and subdue it. He didn't tell them how they were to do it. He didn't tell them when they were to do it. He says, fill and subdue. God didn't prescribe a timetable. God gave man dominion over the birds and the animals and every living thing so that even from the very beginning we can see that God was in total control, but he still allowed man some, some freedom of choice to fill and subdue. Think about naming the animals. How in the world do you come up with cow? You know, you see, how, how do you... How do you do that? Or a dachshund. Now, there is an animal that it bears defiance. I don't think the uh, dachshunds were in the, were in the Garden of Eden. You couldn't get anything done. They wouldn't shut up. But God gave this man and this woman these incredible minds to look at this creation and come up with these names. Not just a, everything's a cow, but you have bulls too. And you have hens and you have roosters. You have all the species of their kind and of their gender. God didn't do that. But he gave man the choice and the 
and the intelligence to make that happen. And then we see that even he's, he's still in control, but there's still some responsibility. We still have freedom to make the choices, but how we live our lives and how we'll live in relationship to God is the story. You know, he says, eat anything you want, enjoy the garden, but do not eat from the tree of, the good, of, the, of, the tree of, the, of uh, life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that didn't work out because of their poor choice. So if God had predetermined the outcome, he never would have allowed them to sin. He wanted unbroken fellowship with Adam and Eve, not because they were forced into it, but because they had their love for their creator. Anybody have a Fitbit? A Fitbit, you know that thing that you... Anybody have one of those? Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, and what's that do? Give us a little brief. What's, what's a Fitbit do? It can even monitor your sleep, can't it? That's why I don't wear a fit. I'd throw one every time I look at that stupid thing. But, but uh, that is, there, there is a case of, of you, you, you can't, uh, a Fitbit can't make you walk. You have to make that on your own. You, it, doesn't, it doesn't order your steps, but it does keep track of them. And God's instructed us through the Bible through Christ and even through one another how we should live our lives, but ultimately the decision is ours and we can't blame God for our bad decisions, our bad choices. So we need to come to that place of making good choices. Listen again to Moses. Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live, so you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land of the Lord, swore to give you your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses had just finished reminding the Israelites of the law and the Ten Commandments. And so uh, now he says, I've told you what's good, and I've told you what's bad. I've told you the way that will lead to life, and I'm telling you the way that's going to lead to destruction. So choose the good, cling to God, and you're going to live. That is giving some choice. And he's saying we need to start making good choices. If we didn't have a choice, everything that happened was only according to God's design, completely apart from anything that we do. So why would Moses set this choice before the Israelites? Why would he do it? Well, some things happen for a reason or happen as part of God's plan or God's will, but not everything. Sometimes things happen, good and bad, because of the choices that we make. (laughs) The wallet. There's going to be times in our life when we're going to go through some rough spots, some disappointments, times when we're going to suffer, but sometimes that suffering will be the result of a poor decision that we made on our own. God doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't want us to suffer. He does, he's, even in the midst of suffering, there are times when God will work to bring good through that situation as we see in Romans eight twenty seven through 28. The, the Father knows all our hearts, what the, knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us. It talks about groaning. 
Spirit groans for us, pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. There isn't any accidents. It's all part of, of God loving His creation. And no matter what our situation, our suffering, our persecution, our sinful nature, our pain, our lack of faith, in those things as well as other things, our Heavenly Father is intimately at work to produce ultimate victory and blessing in our life. A woman lost her five-year-old son, and she was asked to reflect on her faith in light of that experience, and she wrote this, and I quote, At the time, I had people tell me that it was your son's time, and I was having a hard time believing in a God who had planned to take my child at age three. I learned that tragedies weren't necessarily part of God's plan, but that God gave us free will, and sometimes bad things happen. Understanding this helped me turn to God instead of away from Him. Since my son's death, I believe that my faith has grown and continues to grow. His death changed the way I viewed God and my faith. I no longer have a naive, childlike faith where God protects you from all harm and makes everything okay. It's a deeper faith that has been tested through tragedy. I know that God doesn't promise me a pain-free life, but He does always promise to be there, to love me and comfort me and guide me. She says, my faith gives me something that people without faith don't have, hope. Hope is for the, hope for the future and hope for the knowledge that someday, someday, I'll see my son again. And we need to move beyond the simplistic faith that says that everything happens for a reason and we need to understand the complexity of God's work in this world. Between the idea of a God who's a micromanager, who leaves no room for free will, he's this clockmaker who, who, who has no involvement in the things going on in the world, is, is, is God is created, created us and he gives us freedom. We need to move away from these, these other things. And this world is a beautiful and a magnificent part of God's creation. And sometimes in our, in our freedom, we make poor or even destructive choices that cause harm to ourselves and to others. But God will walk with us through that pain that we experience. God doesn't will it. God doesn't want it to happen. But when they do happen, God promises not to let go of us. Let me, let me share some teaching points with you. What's the point of all this? What's the biblical truth? Sometimes things happen for a reason, but that reason isn't always God. Sometimes good things happen when we open ourselves, open ourselves up and allow God to use us. We don't hold anything back. Sometimes bad things happen because we make bad decisions or others make bad decisions, and we've got to live with those things. But regardless, God promises that he will never leave us and he's not going to forsake us. He promises that he'll walk with us through the pain and force it to accomplish something good in our lives. And that's my hope. That should be your hope. The hope we have in Christ. And that it's there for a reason.
Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you, Lord, for the fact that, that we can have these, these ideas and, and, and things don't just happen for a reason, but, but sometimes we are the reason that these things happen. And yet sometimes God allows and even orchestrates troubled times that we might grow through that, that we might grow to love him more, that we can grow closer to him, that we can grow closer to the folks, to, the, to, the, to our, our church family, to our, to our immediate family. Lord, help us, regardless of our circumstances, that we can hold on to that blessed hope that we have in you. Friend, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I invite you right now where you're sitting. Don't let another moment pass by. I can't look into your life. I don't know what's going on in your hearts. But this I do know. If you are without Christ today and you die, you've made a choice. And the choice is that you will spend eternity in hell. You say, well, John, how in the world can a righteous, good, loving God do that? Well, that's just the point. A righteous, loving, good God doesn't do it. We choose. Choose today, my friend. Choose that you come to that place and say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner I can't do anything about it. So I ask you to to forgive me of my sin. I place my trust in you. I believe when you died on that cross, you died in my place that I could live with you forever. And I thank you for that in your son's precious name and for his sake. Amen.